Good evening, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, midweek Bible study for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. Tonight, we're going to the word of the Lord, and we're going to Romans 8 and 38. The word of the Lord there says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Let let us pray with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that you touch those who are watching on this evening. Lord, you bless us and keep us in the center of your will. Strengthen us, Lord, right now for this moment. And Lord, help your will to be done in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And God bless you. Pray God's blessings over you and your family and anyone who is watching. And I pray that you're strengthened and encouraged of God even on tonight. We want to share from the scripture there in Romans 8 and 38. There in the scripture, it is encouraging us. It's talking about the love of Christ. And it says relative to this love that it says nothing, height, nor depth, nor anything shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The thing that it's amazing about this, I I like how the writer Paul worded this. He says, first of all, he starts with the phrase, for I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Other versions say, I am sure I am certain. But I like the King James Version when it says, for I am persuaded. The reason I like that version and what it says is because it denotes that Paul has had an experience with Jesus Christ that has caused him to arrive at this place of certainty. Yes, there are things that have happened in my life that have caused me to be certain. The reason I'm certain and the reason I am persuaded is because I have seen things that have caused me to have this belief and this amount of certainty. When I think of that, when he when I say when he says I'm certain, he didn't become certain through the good times. It wasn't I don't believe it was Paul arriving at certainty because of all of the good things that happened to him. And yes, we are blessed and praise God for the good things that happened to us. But I believe Paul arrived at this place of certainty after going through a few trials. Paul tells us even in in the scripture, he talks about the things that he suffered. He's been lowered over a basket, over a wall to escape the city, to escape the wrath of the rulers. He he was stoned. He was he was beaten with 40 strike lashes minus one. Many came after him and tried to kill him. They tried to shut him up. He was thrown in prison. He was shipwrecked three times. One time he was shipwrecked and he found a little piece of wood and held on to it until he arrived at the shore. Then when he arrives at the shore to try and warm himself in the fire, it says a viper, a snake jumps out of the fire and bites him on the hand. And Paul, with God working through him, was able to shake off the venomous snake. In other words, Paul went through a lot of things. There's things that he had struggled through. Paul often tells us, he tells us often, he said, I was, he said, I had a thorn in the flesh that I asked the Lord to remove three times, but the Lord did not remove it. But rather he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in wit in weakness. What Paul, what I'm saying here is when Paul says, I am persuaded, 
He's saying I'm persuaded from a perspective, not that I've achieved and attained everything that I want to in life and that God has given me everything that I have asked for. And I think we need to make sure that we don't come from that place because that'll be a place where we arrive at a place of disappointment and disillusionment. If we think that God is going to give us every single thing that we ask for, because the word is tell, often reminds us we don't know how to pray like we ought to. What it's saying is we don't even know what we should pray for. So when it says the spirit will make intercession for us, sometimes that means the spirit will interpret to God that which we really need, because often we are praying for something and our heart is trying to tell God about a need. But sometimes we're not eloquent enough to speak relative to the need. And often we're not we're not knowledgeable enough to understand what it is that we really need from God. We often are better at, at voicing that which we desire songwriter said, she said, uh, Sean Page Rose, if I were in control of my life, uh, she said I would have worked things out differently. She said I would have had no pain, no hurts, no disappointments. But, what, but later in the song, she said, but I, but she said, I later she realized, she said, all these things were working together for my good. What I'm saying is that when we understand and we can appreciate like Paul, that the things that we suffer, the things that we go through are teaching and forming us into what God desires us to be. It is working something greater in us than we're capable of understanding. How could we be entrusted to build uh, uh, build ourselves in the way that God desires us to be when his ways are far above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts? In fact, if I'm going to trust somebody to build my life, I'm going to participate and be humble. I'm going to participate and have faith and lean and depend upon God. I'm going to participate by doing what God asked me to do. But if I'm going to have someone build my life, I want to put it in the master's hands. I want God to be in control of building me into what he desires me to be. So in building me, sometimes that means the things that I desire the most I do not get. But rather, God always supplies my need according to his riches and glory. God is able to interpret the childlike utterances of my lips, the, the prayers that often sound like Christmas list of what I desire in my flesh, but rather God knows what I need in my heart and what, he need, what I need for my soul because he said, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So the master builder is not going to build anything in me or around me or allow anything to come into my hand that separates me from his love. And that brings us back to our text. Paul is saying, he said, I am persuaded. In other words, things have occurred in my life. I've been through many trials and controversies. I've been through many storms and tests. I've escaped death too many times for me not to know that the love of God, the love of Christ is all powerful. But the love of Christ is not something that I search for, but rather it's something that searched me out and it found me in a desperate time. The love of Christ found me when I was sick in sin. The love of Christ found me when my heart was black and dark. The love of Christ found me when I was at my wit's end and I had tried everything else I knew to try in this world, but the love of Christ found me in my darkest moment. One songwriter says, when I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore there, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more, but the master of the sea, he heard my cry.
cry and from the waters he lifted me and says now safe and I am I and what it was love it was Christ unending it was Christ searchable undying love for me that found me in my darkest place in my worst state when I was not put together when my heart was not in the right place when I did not have habits that I was proud of that's when Christ love found me in that state and it lifted me from the mire it lifted me from the muck and psalmist says and he set my feet on a on a rock and established my goings it put me in a higher place where i could help to find my direction and to find my peace in god even when my heart and my head were not originally in the right place that's what Paul means when he says we can't be separated from the love of Christ, the height, nor depth, nor principalities. That means government, whatever's going on in government and politics. It does not separate me from the love of Christ for whatever power there is in this earth. It does not have the ability to separate me from the love of Christ, not because I'm so strong, not because I'm so faithful, not because I am deserving. But rather, the power exists on the other side, not in Christ, not in me searching for Christ, but rather in Christ's love searching for me, finding me where I was and, find, and daring to put me in a better place. That love did not end on the cross. Love did not end on the cross, but rather on the cross, it was the perfect amplification of what God was trying to do for me. It was emblematic of what love really is. And by seeing that emblem of love, of Christ dying on the cross, being reminded of that, that may help me to love a little better. For how can I love God who I have not seen and love not my neighbor who I see daily? When I think of the emblem of Christ on the cross and his, un his undying love searching me out in my deepest and darkest place, then maybe that can be instructive to my heart. Maybe my heart needs to be more open to love more. Maybe my heart needs to be less judgmental of those who are around me. Maybe my heart needs to not look on the outside of those who need Christ's love, but rather like Christ to dare to, dare to try and look on the inside. For, for God does not see as man sees, for a man sees the outward appearance, but God, he sees our heart. And maybe he's challenging me with his love, with the emblem of him dying on the cross. He's teaching me to try to love a little deeper. He's teaching me to look past what I see with my eyes and perceive with my senses and rather love people with the faith that he's put on the inside of me by trusting God to love, even if it's not returned. Trusting God to love when there is no benefit that accrues to me. Trusting God to love, even those who, I'll say it, may be difficult to love. Those who may not openly open their arms to you when you show love for them, but maybe Christ's emblem on the cross helps me to love people who even don't appreciate the love that I extend in their direction. Because just as Christ was dying on the cross for the thief that received him, so was he dying on the cross for the man who received him not. He died for us all because God, he didn't love some of us. But the word says, for God so loved the world, the whole world, the whole world.
glad he said whole world and not only those who were doing right because if it were only those who were doing right and who had a heart in the right place then his love would not have found me it would not have found me in a dark place it would not have found me in a place where i was not appreciating him it wouldn't have found me if it only sought those whose head and heart were in the right place but praise and thanks be to god that his unsearchable love found me even where i was and he loved me so much that he not he didn't see me just for where i was but his love had the vision to see me for what he created and designed and desired me to be so back to our text it says not it says not principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come not any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ. There is nothing powerful enough to separate us from Christ's undying love. It found me where I was. And just as if it, can, if it can find a sinner like me, it can find us all. So somebody right now, you might be in your dark place, but Christ's love, let me let you know, it's searching for you. It's coming for you. It's coming for you wherever you are. His undying love. Even when we don't meet our own expectations as it relates to God, his love does not change towards us. Many times people's love for us, it changes based on what we do for them or even based on how we behave. But Christ's love does not change. He continues to love us with that agapeo love, that love that looks past our faults and comes to meet us at the point of our needs. I close with this as God was challenging Peter. He said, if you love me, will you feed my sheep? And the word he used for love was agapeo. He was saying, Peter, I need you to love beyond yourself. Love beyond yourself. For God loves us in a way that is indicative of him. It's just emblematic of who he is. That's the type of love that emanates from him, that agapeo love. And, we're used to that phileo love, that eros love, that type of love for something is done for us in return. But Jesus was challenging Peter on that day. He said, Peter, I'm challenging you, agapeo, to love beyond yourself. That's what God desires from us. He asks us to do things that are difficult. Love your enemies. Pray for them that hurt for you, hurt you, and you know, and despitefully use you. That's a love that is not. It's it's not human. It's not the type of love that we're anticipating. It's not a type of love that can get this emanate emanate from our flesh. It's a type of love that has to come from a deeper place in us, a deeper place that did not originate in who we were. But rather, it's a place where God put in us. When he put his spirit in us, he gave us the ability to love beyond ourselves. And I'm challenging you to do that. Don't reach into your flesh because you won't find it. I often say you cannot give more than what God put in you. But I'm telling you, God is saying, I put myself in you. And that type of love that I'm asking for, you can't get from your flesh. But you have to reach deep into the part, to the gift that I stored inside of you, to my spirit, which I pour that breath, that ruah breath that I breathe in the atom. When you have to challenge it, channel my spirit, when you have to reach deep and you have to use my spirit to love beyond yourself, 
It will cause you to love in a way that you've never seen before. And it causes you to experience a type of Christ like feeling that you've never seen before, that you've never shared it. It's a it's a love that emanates deep on the inside of you and it shines on the outside. That's that type of light that God said, you are the light of the world, a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. I put this light in you, the light of my love that shines out of you. I've put something in you that's greater than yourself. So I have given you the power to love beyond yourself. If you will, you trust God with that to be able to love beyond yourself, to give more than you have or you feel that you have, but you have it because God has already placed it inside of you. So just as you have the power to love beyond yourself, you have a strength that surpasses your means. Cause just as God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength, not yours, but my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You have strength beyond your means because I have placed it inside of you. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that comes to remind us of the great power that you have stored in us. That great love that you came, that came to search us out, to find us where we were and to take us to a place beyond ourselves, to give us purpose that's bigger than us, to give us strength beyond our own strength and the power to love beyond our own capacity. It's beyond our capacity, but it's not beyond yours because we're pulling from the strength that you poured inside of us. Lord, we ask that may this love emanate first in us. Lord, with the same love, we can love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And with this love, we can love the Lord God with all our might, with all our soul, and with all our strength. And by this, Love shall all men know that we are your disciples because we have this love one for another. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And God bless you. I pray that you were strengthened and encouraged by the words that you heard on tonight. I pray God's favor be upon you and your family and all of those who who you are associated with. I pray that you're strengthened and encouraged and that the light of God's love will shine deeply in yourself. God's love should touch you first before it touches others. I say this about God's love and I say this about God's gift because I say, you know, faith without works. The Bible says faith without works is dead being alone. And I say love without giving is insignificant because if you love, you will give. We're coming up on that season, that season where we give and where we show love. I challenge you, challenge you to love a little more. And when you love a little more, you don't have to think about giving because giving will naturally emanate from that powerful love that you have one for another. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. 
If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.